call me in order. Okay, welcome to the Queen Anne's County Commissioner's meeting. This is a public meeting that is being aired live on our local cable television station, KAC <coughs> TV7. These media broadcasts provide county citizens an opportunity to watch and review our scheduled public meetings. In addition to our live audience this evening, we are providing remote options for citizens to watch and participate in county commissioner meetings. Citizens may watch our meeting live on our Queen Anne's County website at www.qac.org live or on Queen Anne County's television channel, Atlantic Broadband Channel 7 and High Definition Channel 507. Citizens may also participate by joining the live Zoom meeting by, by going to www.qac.org slash public comment. And citizens may also email comments to public comment at qac.org. Comments received will be read during the press and public comment period on this evening's agenda. We acknowledge everybody's participation and by attending you acknowledge that this session is both recorded and aired. Press and public comment will be taken and is limited to three minutes per person. If you care to speak, please sign the information table in the lobby. Comments longer than three minutes can be submitted in writing for the commissioner's review. We will now stand and be led in the Pledge of Allegiance by Commission President Chris Corcorino. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. If you can remain standing for a minute. <clears throat> we have, uh, for all the citizens who are currently fighting COVID, that they have a speedy recovery, get back to their family. Thank you. All right, thank you, Commissioners. Uh, we just held a closed session under Section 3-305B7 of the General Provisions Article to consult with Council and under Sections 3-305B1 of the article to discuss boards and commissions and personnel. And no decisions were made in our closed session. That brings us to the approval of this evening's agenda. The agenda for today's meeting on October the 26th and the regular and closed session minutes from your October 12th meeting have been circulated for review. Do we have any additions and or corrections? Motion to approve the agenda and minutes as submitted. Second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Motion carries 5-0. All right, thank you, commissioners. That brings us to press and public comments. I think we have anybody. We have anybody this evening? Anybody? No, we'll All skip right. that. Okay, we can move right into the new business. Uh, if you want to turn to tab number three, we have uh, eight items here. Item number one on page one is a proclamation that um, one of you would care to recite. Got it. Proclamation 2150, whereas Economic Development Week is an event created by the Maryland Economic Development Association to celebrate the achievements of economic, workforce, and community development practitioners throughout Maryland communities. And whereas Queen Anne's County Economic and Tourism Development is an active member of the Maryland Economic Development Association, or MEDA, a nonprofit organization established in 1961 whose mission is to enhance the knowledge and skills of its members, encourages partnerships and networking among people committed to bringing jobs and capital to Maryland, and promotes economic development as an investment in Maryland. And whereas Queen Anne's County Economic and Tourism Development is the professional economic development organization dedicated to elevating Queen Anne's County's business climate, 
developing state, regional, and local partnerships, and creating workforce development opportunities, improving the quality of life for all county residents. Whereas the Department of Economic and Tourism Development, with the support of the Economic Development Commission, shall highlight the county's commitment to the business community by celebrating the key industries in the county, and spotlighting the employees and services offered by the department and recognizing local businesses and their contributions to the community during the week of October 25th to 29th, 2021. Now, therefore, the Board of Commissioners of Queen Anne's County hereby proclaim the week of October 25th to 29th, 2021 as Economic Development Week in Maryland. Economic Development Week in Maryland will highlight the investment in partnerships that strengthen our competitiveness in Queen Anne's County and asks all to join with us to recognize and reaffirm the importance of business development locally and statewide. Signed your Queen Anne's County Commissioners, and I guess I can thank the Economic Development Department and Heather and her group for writing this. Yes. Did you have anything to say, Heather? Shh, come on up. It's your week. <laughs> we think uh, every, every week should be Economic Development Week in Queen Anne's County. Um, and I just wanted to thank the commissioners for their support as far as allowing um, our department to rebuild our team. I feel like we have a great team and they're working really hard for the county and great things are going to happen in 2021 and beyond. So thank you for your support. Thank you. Heather, one, I'd like to make one remark. You can judge how well economic development is doing by looking at the unemployment rate. We have the lowest in the state. So well done. 4.2 or 4.3. Excellent. I figured she'd know that number. Excellent. All right, thank you, Commissioners. Right. Commissioner Wilson, for reciting that. <coughs> Item number two on page two is a draft letter to the Chairman of the Accountability and Implementation Board Chairman uh, that would echo the comments that were put forth in a letter from Senator Ferguson, President of the Senate, to um, create an advisory panel to incorporate broader voices throughout the state on this education reform panel. So I do know Mako is here this evening and they may be touching on some of this as well tonight, as well as uh, uh, Mr. Barriano, who is also here this evening. So, but this is here for your consent. I move to execute the letter to chairman of the AIB nominating committee. Second. Got a motion to second. Any discussion? I think this is one bite at the apple. Maybe the only one we're gonna have left, so. Give it a shot, right? All right. Do we know how many of these actually are going out from uh, the real the rural counties? Do we? Does in, no, we there are none from the rural counties. All the members of the new board, which were appointed by the governor on October the first, uh, are all in Central Maryland. Yeah, there were no candidates from the Eastern Shore or Western Maryland, but there. So the the candidate pool was limited to, you know, the the major Central Maryland counties. So there is that as well. But this this would ask for a, a broader group to be engaged. I, know, I, my, I guess my question is, there are, other, other, are there other counties that are sending, making, making motions like yes. this and sending letters like this out? Yes, okay. there are. Yes, Commissioner. Thank you. All right, we have a motion to execute the letter to the chairman of the AIB nominating committee that's been second. All in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? Five zero, the motion carries. Okay, thank you, Commissioners. Item number three on page four through 12 is the uh, federal uh, federal transit administration cares act grant round two and this is a uh, another fta cares grant act agreement it is the second half of the million dollars that was approved pre pre-approved um, last year and this basically um, 
informs MTA that the county will accept federal funding to support our transit services and our county ride here in Queen Anne's County. Uh, I move to accept round two of the MDOT MTA FTA CARES Act grant agreements to certify that the Queen Anne's County Department of Community Services Area Aging on Aging will operate the public transit system and accept the awards as offered by the state for FY 2020. Second. Motion to second. Any discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? 5 0. The motion carries. All right, thank you, Commissioners. And Director Willis is here this evening, and I'm sure she'll use that money very wisely with the county ride program. She does a great job, so wanted to acknowledge her here tonight. Okay, item number four is on page 13 is a um, phone system upgrade contract with Chesapeake Tele Telephone Systems to expand our My Telephone system at our sanitary. Division, Baybridge Airport, Kent Island, and Graysonville Senior Centers, as well as the core system here at the Liberty Building via the Sourcewell pre-established government contract. Uh, the overall cost for this upgrade is $113,624.80. Is this to finish out the project, or, or is this the whole project in itself? This is an upgrade for all, the, all those systems okay. that I mentioned, you know, for the voicemail and all, all the core systems that operate all the phone systems in these respective groups. Yep. Okay, I move we approve the recommendation of county IT staff to upgrade phone equipment for the expansion of the MyTel phone system to Sanitary, Baybridge Airport, Kent Island, and Graysonville Senior Centers, as well as core equipment for the Liberty Building v. Uh, the Sourcewell pre-established government contract number 022719-MBS for $113,654.80. Second. Got a motion to second. Any discussion? So it, this doesn't, this isn't obviously all of our phones. It's what, what is the status of the MyTel system in other buildings, let's just say? Some of them have been upgraded, but I can get uh, our IT group to come in and give you a full gamut of all the systems if, if you'd like me to do that. I'd like to know what the price tag may be over the next couple of years. If sure, we're upgrading across the board. we can do that. Okay. All right, any other discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? 5-0, motion carries. Okay, thank you, commissioners. Item five on page five is a rural legacy agreement of sale for uh, Benjamin Arminger, and this is from uh, Donna Landis Smith, and this is no county funding expended here. This is gonna go to the Department of Natural Resources for final review and approval for uh, another. I make rural. a motion to approve the rural legacy agreement of the sale and project agreement for Benjamin and Arminger property. Second. Motion to second in discussion. I will say just one thing. Uh, Donna got married. Today's a congratulations oh, yeah. is yep. an and honor. Sure. Yeah. Congratulations and many, many uh, years of happiness. That's the reason she's not here tonight. That's right. Or she <laughs> would be here. Not very dedicated. <laughs> <laughs> she could show up after the vows, right? Yeah. <laughs> Better honeymoon is this. Yeah. We'll, have to, we'll have to talk honeymoon about that. Honeymoon at the commissioners. That's right. That's right. All right. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? 5-0, motion carries. All right, thank you, commissioners. Item number six on page 32 is a memorandum from uh, Dr. Ciatola, and this is a request to award uh, multiple staffing agencies uh, contracts for pandemic response services, nurses, epidemiologists, and administrative clerical folks. Uh, there is grant funding to cover this, and it's kind of an on-call contract. There's three different vendors here, and they would obviously use the lowest um, uh, hourly rate uh, of, available at the time of need. 
So there are three vendors here. So could I get a motion on that, please? I move to approve the award of multiple staffing agencies a contract for the remaining fiscal year with the option to renew for an additional five years. Second. Sorry. Okay, got a motion and a second. Any discussion? We just, we need to be careful because this is the slippery slope. Uh, my brother-in-law sits on the board at Dartmouth. Nurses making $100 an hour are resigning and going to work for agencies in the same job at $200 an hour. So I don't, I'm not saying we need to do this for sure, and I'm sure Dr. Seattle is uh, wholly aware of it, but it is a problem right now in the it health is. industry. It is. You know, that everybody's just yeah. jumping for the money, and, and it's going to drive the cost up of everything. So just a little food for thought. Along with all the other costs going on. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. All right. Any other discussion? All those in favor say aye. Uh, aye. Any opposed? 5-0. The motion carries. Okay. Thank you, commissioners. Item 7 on page 34 is a, a letter from Michael Sanderson from MAKO, who is also here this evening. And this is to uh, request a recommendation of a nominee and an alternate to serve on the 2022 MAKO Legislative Committee. Um, yeah. Currently, it's uh, Commissioner yep. Jack Wilson. I move to appoint Bruno. Commissioner Jack Wilson as a legislative liaison to the committee and Commissioner Chris Corcorino as the alternate member to the committee. Second. You want to ask Michael for his opinion on who his favorite commissioner is? Maybe you want to change it. Maybe he doesn't uh, like Jack. Michael, you want but to come on up is, and This is awesome. Answer that question. <laughs> See, this would go on record and it would be public, <laughs> public knowledge that Mike actually has a favorite. <laughs> We, we we'll won't save, do that. We'll to save you, that Mike. to the closed meeting, Mike. Don't worry about. It. Okay. I guarantee, if you ask him, he will have a tricky way of getting around. <laughs> He's very good at that. All right. All in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? All right. Five zero. Thank motion carries. For stepping up again. Congratulations, Jack. Thank you, buddy. Excellent work. Look forward to another good year. Mike is sighing over there. You see him? He's like, oh, really? You gave me those two again? You guys came here hoping for a change and I'm leaving nothing. Uh, All right. Our final action item this evening is item number eight on page 41. And this is from the Department of Parks and Recreation. And this is a, uh, a bid um, contract for noxious and invasive weed control for seven properties. And it is for $98,000. And we recommend the award to the only bidder. We had two bidders. One, well, one did submit a bid. And this would be for Economy Tree Services. Can I get a motion on that, please? I move to authorize the Department of Parks and Recreation to award the noxious and invasive weed control bid to Economy Tree Service Incorporated for, for uh, $98,000 for a period of one year with two one-year renewal options based upon funding. Second. All right. Only one, one bid? One bid came in. We had two vendors that were interested. EQR that comes out of Millersville, Maryland was um, the other vendor that was um, had shown interest, but they decided not to put a bid in at the time that it was due. So, so for our noxious, so for our, not our noxious TV audience, our, for our TV audience, could you <laughs> say what these noxious weeds are? I can like give you Johnson the, grass. Johnson grass, uh, thistle, Phragmites. Phragmites. Um, you know, things a uh, mile a minute that you see crawl up on the, uh, alongside like the trail and on the, the, the fence posts of the trails. Things like that. So, so, um, so this bid would make them uh, responsible for just county property. 
Yes. Just county property. Park property. Okay, for our properties. And again, you know, it's not a by any stretch of the imagination, it's not a cure-all. They're they're not going to, you know, knock them completely out. It's going to be a management of of those weeds, keeping them. Out. I understand Johnson grass. You have to do it a certain time before it goes to right. seed. Or many all you're doing is exasperating the, the situation? Many of the weeds are time sensitive. Okay. And you know, that's something that we, we'll work in coordination with, with them to see where it's popping up and where we, you know, where we need it and at the, the appropriate time. Okay. <coughs> this is just county property that this right. is for. So and we could spend $389,000 just doing frag in areas. You still have so, how do we get it 98 where does it 98 this comes out of the um initiative from uh this year's budget where we had a uh, position that we transferred over into contracted services and then added an additional um, thirty thousand dollars to make it actually a hundred thousand um, dollar project they came in at 90 uh, ninety-eight thousand dollars to be doing more sure and you know, just truth be known, I'm going to ask for more in this upcoming budget season again, so we can kind of get it started. The hardest part is getting it started. Right. And you know, at least we've got that going right now. And then as we continue on, we'll you know ramp it up accordingly. This this is on park property. This is on park property. Can you supply the commissioners with a, some sort of map that shows the areas that are going to be sprayed? Yeah, we can show. I mean, you that way we can gauge what that ninety-eight thousand dollars is getting. Yes. Us. Right. 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 And again, you know, the the areas that we have outlined. You know, the 98,000 isn't going to take care of it, but it's those are the properties right. that, you know, have the um, probably the most severe uh, weed problem, so to speak. Todd, a question for you. When, when we knock these things down um, <coughs> with a bush hog or whatever we do, how long does that last before the, the Phragmite starts to come back to its, where it was originally before we knock it down? One year, two years? Well, One depends, month, two months. It depends months. on weather conditions, but it can come back pretty quick. Yeah, if it's mowed down. So it seems it, like it's a constant when you, thing. When you're talking you kill about, it. when you're talking about, you mean spraying it or mowing it off? Well, spray, spraying you it. Spray it three years. Yeah, you got to spray it for three years straight in yeah, order to, years. to kill it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's an ongoing battle. I mean, we, sure. we. I know I speak for other commissioners here when I say that we receive emails and phone calls and complaints about <clears> the Fragmite <throat> and. And I know we tried to respond in situations where the Phragmite perhaps at a stop sign is, is causing a blind right or left turn. We, we try to respond to those things right away, but um, there seems to be some folks that believe that this county's responsibility to mitigate all Phragmite in the county, regardless of where it is. Very so. expensive proposition, and and the other thing is, you know, it's going to be you know manpower, and it's going to be chemicals, and it's going to be equipment. So, depending I mean, this on is the, something the you could almost you do go, 365 days a year. You can mow it, and you can spray it, and then you know, the middle of the season, three weeks later, you can see sprouts out. coming back up. All right, so we have a motion to authorize the Department of Parks and Recreation to award the noxious, innovatious weed control bid to Economy Tree Service for $98,000 for a period of one year with a two one-year renewal options based on funding. Motion's been seconded. All those in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? Five in favor. Thank you. All right, thank you, Director Chanley. Thank you, Commissioners. That's all the action items this evening, commissioners. We have uh, a couple of presentations. Uh, first up, we have the annual visit from Maryland Association of Counties, MACO. Uh
Michael Sanderson, the executive director, and the president, the Honorable William Wilbur Levengood here with us tonight for a visit. So, gentlemen, come on down. Careful with that honorable stuff. So I just, I just got some sad news that the, the Greater Greensboro Classic is being postponed from this Friday to uh, November 5th. 5th. I had to listen to Larry Warren about that. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to know we were planning on winning it. I don't play, so it doesn't matter. So. <laughs> I've played one game of golf. It was a Mako event my first year. Under tab I six. myself well enough not to play again. Tab six, item one, you should have a presentation in your books, and I think uh, Michael's brought a few experts here kindly enough, so if anybody else would like to see one of those, they're available here. Yeah. All right, gentlemen. I'd like to thank you all for in-person meeting. It's <laughs> nice to get back to that. We're, we're getting there everybody so uh, things are going along pretty well Michael and I've traveled over most of the state still got a few places to drop in and visit but uh, we owe a thanks to one of your homegrown fellows that worked for us did very well for us at uh, negotiating some cost savings with the state of Maryland on elections Kevin did a great job for us there so and I believe he's one of your own, so we'll give you kudos for that. Uh, personally, I'll tell you, I appreciate you're going to spend a little money on Canada Thistle in this county because I live east of you, and guess where the wind comes from? <laughs> from our direction? Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, all things said and done, we're doing well. Um, Michael's got some information on the future, but... Hopefully, uh, we also sent our enthusiastic letter to the governor about the AIB. Uh, I, I hope it doesn't fall on deaf ears. Well, I mean, you just feel left out. You got no representation. The redistricting Caroline County looks like it's going to get carved into three sections. Uh, for me, that's just unthinkable. I mean, I got, don't get me wrong. I like everybody that's representing me, and I think they do a pretty good job for what they've got to do, but they've got an awful lot of territory to cover and a lot of people to have to deal with. Whereas the larger population's got more representation and we're just up against the wall all the time. So, hmm. I, I'm not going to get on a political field here. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a different situation. But, you know, uh, Mako's been good to me over the last few years, and I've worked with most of you in one fashion or another there. I found, found it to be very rewarding. I've got friends in other places that, you know, they, they at least listen to what I have to say. They don't make all the decisions. So we'll have to hope for better representation. And hopefully the people that are representing it are hearing what we're saying. So thank you. Michael. Thank you, Wilbur. Thanks, Wilbur.
Thank you all very much for, for your time this evening. Uh, for the benefit of your viewers, the teeming millions out there watching tonight, um, I'm Michael Sanderson. I'm the director of the Maryland Association of Counties. Uh, we represent county governments uh, statewide, serve, educate, and represent all the elected officials who sit in your seats across, across the state of Maryland. We gave you a, a packet of information, but I don't have any intention of sort of going through that in any kind of detail, but rather I'll spend a couple of minutes on some policy issues that feel ripe and timely, and if it turns out I miss something that's on your minds or don't get into as much depth, uh, that's an easy way to explore more time, but we want to be respectful of your time and agenda. So let me speak to a couple things. First, let me say thanks uh, for, for, a, for the commitment that you all have, have made to the association. Um, Commissioner Wilson and Commissioner Corcorino both represent the county well through our deliberative process. Uh, we're lucky to have elected officials from across the state week by week, bill by bill, guide what MAKO does on policy. And uh, my counterparts in other states are perpetually amazed that we have that level of commitment from our elected officials rather than, oh, just adopt a big policy and the staff can figure it all out. It enhances our credibility representing county governments uh, enormously to have that, that level of commitment. Um, I look forward to, if the, if the voters uh, see fit to have this happen, next term having a Queen Anne's County Commissioner as MAKO President, uh, Mr. Wilson is on the path toward that, those high goals and sitting in this chair with me sometime soon. So uh, I look forward to that. It's been a while since that's been the case. So good, thing ha good things around the bend. Um, as far as other things around the bend, good or otherwise, uh, I'll mention a few things heading, heading our way policy-wise. Uh, things that have been coming up in our conversations with your counterparts in other jurisdictions uh, that you may be interested in. You've probably heard the, the, the likelihood of a special session of the General Assembly before the end of this calendar year. Uh, it looks like they're going to convene the second week of December principally for the purpose of congressional redistricting. So we know we're in this weird double witching hour. Every four years we redraw, um, we, we uh, have elections, and every 10 years we redraw districts. Every 20 years you get to do both at once, and we're in that particular cycle. Congressional lines being drawn in December, but wait until January for the Maryland legislative lines to be drawn. The Constitution requires the governor to propose something at the beginning of the coming session, so doing it in December. December before it's even proposed would seem a little untoward, perhaps. So do that in two rounds, but it'll still leave a pretty short window of time for folks who may be thinking about Senate and delegate races to contemplate what the lines are and where they may run, because the filing deadline is February 22nd, so that'll be a month or thereabouts. Uh, with the special session coming up, uh, it might lend itself to being open, you know, open and shut, be done in, in a matter of a couple of hours except for the matter of there are some pending bills that were vetoed by the governor toward the end of the last legislative session and under the constitution if the legislature wants to override any of those vetoes they need to do that at the next time they convene ordinarily that would be january but if they're coming to town in december they've got to make a call then they can't postpone that until the following january so what might otherwise have been like a 45 minute special session here's the map vote 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 done go home may turn into two, three days, and have a few different floor debates and, and that sort of stuff. Uh, so legislators have been advised to clear a week and a half's time. I think it's unlikely they'll be in time for any, they'll be in Annapolis for that amount of time, but a few days is an opportunity for who knows what. 
So they'll be in town to draw some congressional maps to probably override a few vetoes, potentially to vote in a new treasurer to sit on the Board of Public Works and guide uh, state finances as the incumbent treasurer has, has announced her intention to retire. So an agenda for the legislature a little more than usual in their one-hit special session sort of thing. So anticipate that in the weeks ahead. Um, for the legislative session ahead, election year and that has its own uh, contours and so forth a, a couple of things that have been on counties minds i'll mention here briefly we know last year the legislature spent a good deal of time on police reform and accountability and transparency for law enforcement at every level there are some pieces of that bill that are particularly difficult to assemble for county governments um, and i i mean this Aside from what might be your, your political or policy view of whether the bills were, were thought out well and whether, the, whether they were good ideas, there are some pieces of the bill that are literally just hard to put together. Um, county governments having a, a police ac accountability board that oversees nominally municipal officers and in some counties that have college campuses, even like a campus police department would come through a county appointed board for discipline reasons um, is a really peculiar structure. I'm not sure that that was exactly what the legislators had in mind, but that's how the bill reads. Uh, there are a variety of other odds and ends about the memberships of these, these uh, entities being created at the county level where we've got, um, we've got county leaders shrugging their shoulders saying we're not sure this references a section of the law that's now been deleted, so we don't know how to do that. Um, a lot of stakeholders believe the legislature is going to come clean this up. I have been advising counties, please don't put all your eggs in the basket. Don't do nothing in anticipation that this session they're going to pass a new bill and fix all these things and the process is going to be cleaner and smoother and better. This was a really hard-fought legislative battle from last year where a lot of people on either side of the political debate felt very upset about it. Um, those are tough fights to revisit the following year, especially in an election year and so forth. So bringing all that stuff back means everybody whose amendment lost last year, they run it back up the flagpole and get a roll call vote and make a big deal of it. That's, that's a lot of effort to go through. So those of us who have technical and procedural issues we'd like to fix, and we do, um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't want to say that that's a layup, much less a slam dunk. So uh, set that aside as something a lot of folks will be looking at, in, including county, municipal governments, and a lot of other stakeholders. I'll, I'll mention education as well, and I'll speak to one of the issues that's already come up on your agenda this evening. Uh, the, um, the State Accountability Implementation Board, uh, the, the, the regional balance on that body, uh, there are going to be a number of jurisdictions sending letters similar to the ones that, that, that you've expressed. And, and I think um, the idea of the, the additional panel, there's a seven-member statutory body, but if they end up with a variety of other stakeholders in the room and guiding those decisions, is the best step that's that's available right away. We'll probably be we'll probably see legislative proposals to change the constitution of that body. Please do know that this isn't the body that's like writing formulas and deciding who's spending what or who gets what funds. It's more along the lines of the Kerwin plan says over the next 10 years, we have these new expectations. We want the schools to launch these new programs. There should be new services for um, special education students or for, for school districts that have high concentration of poverty and so forth. And 
if you were concerned that the last go-round of state new commitment to education may not have yielded the results that we all would have wanted, then an entity like this to guide the follow-through. After the dollars go, then what happens on the implementation side, board by board, school by school, program by program, That's these are the folks that take a look at that. Having folks from across the state makes sense, but it's not going to be a it's not going to be a, a tug of war over who gets money and that sort of thing um, at the local level there also is the matter of a local implementation coordinator and uh, this is one facet of that bill that has been a quirky structure as well the idea a jointly appointed person at each county level jointly appointed by you and your school board to sort of guide this process at the at each county's level i think that was the general assembly trying to give you a seat at the table for how to get from here to end goals in addition to just coming up with funding, getting a you know, letter each year saying this is what your new maintenance of effort or state funding requirement looks like, to say having someone who sits before you and is at least partially accountable to the county commissioners or county government, say this is what's happening and this is where these new funds are going and here's what next year's step is going to look like and so forth. So I think that's the, the vision there. I'll just mention one more thing on, on education. Um, I'm at risk of going longer than I'd wanted to. Uh, each year we count students on September 30th. Uh, last year it was right around this time on the calendar when people started scratching their heads saying our student count came back like down 11%. That wouldn't make any sense. We don't, we don't think that our school system has just shrunk by a ninth. We know that it was you know, remote, remote schooling and some kids taking a one year leave and going to other options and so forth, but you would expect some or many of them to get back into the public schools as we were getting more on track. I don't know yet what this year's school count looks like, but if it's off by two, three, four percent compared to what we would have expected, there's gonna be a similar policy debate. Do you just we fund schools per pupil, so next year's formula is based on the count we just did a couple of weeks ago. If it's off by two, four, five percent, do you just follow through and say, well, the formula says there aren't all that many kids, so we don't need to fund them as much. Um, I'm not sure that that'll be the end of the day on that policy. So last year that turned into get out the hammer and saw and do nips and tucks and you changed all sorts of different facets of the bill and it was down to the wire on what counties were obliged to do. Is it possible we have like a quarter on the dollar or two quarters on the dollar as much confusion this coming spring as we did last spring? I think it's at least possible. So put a pin in that as a possible uncertainty. I haven't heard whispers yet that people are panicked about the student count, but even if it's two, three, four percent, it's enough to move the needle. When you're talking about seven billion dollars, you know, small percentages can, can matter a lot. And I'll just mention one, one last issue really briefly. Um, uh, the share of state transportation revenues that get sent back to county and municipal governments uh, we're losing too many people in the political process who were around to remember what a county budget used to look like. And the share of roads that are maintained by county and municipal governments is something like 83% of the road miles are local. So we know the big highways and we know the big projects and so forth like that, but you've got roads and bridges that are important. And we're now on basically 12 years of a starvation diet where you don't have a gas tax, you don't have your own revenue source to take care of that. Um, we've been patching over and tarring and chipping and doing less than our best on this front for a pretty long time. 
Um, we're, we're about to reach a cliff effect, and I'd like to wipe that out, but I'd also like to take another step forward to getting back on track. And toward the end of a political term, this is an opportunity to run that up the flagpole again. We can make a, make a run at that with the legislature. So a lot of other things on tap through the General Assembly, many of which will affect counties. We'll be proactive on a lot of these things and cybersecurity and continued rollout of broadband and flexibility on federal funds and pandemic relief and a laundry list of other things. But uh, in respect for your time, uh, thanks very much for, for sharing your window with us. We hope to see many of you at our in-person conference in Dorchester County in uh, December 8th, 9th, and 10th. I think we'll have another opportunity for a safe and productive in-person event. There's no replacement for the ability to get together and have, it, have an exchange of ideas. Zoom rooms are great and they're functional for some reasons, but they're not quite, they're not a perfect replacement for being able to be face-to-face -face and, and just Great. standing by somebody in the buffet line, <coughs> you have the conversation that makes the whole thing worthwhile. Oh my you gosh, yeah. You can't replace that, so. Anyway, thank you all for your time tonight. Thank you. Any questions? Wilbur, I just wanna thank you for your service as president this year. I know you've done a great job and you've had a lot of adversity to deal with in terms of the COVID and the meetings and, and whether we were going to have summer makeup or no, you've done a fantastic job and uh, well, you're, went you're, you're on the back side of it now so you're counting down the days to you. No, I'm not going to be on the back side of it. I went to work for the citizens of Carolina County in 1975. I'm still there. Not sure what I'm going to do just yet, but <laughs> I still have a little room. Fantastic. Michael, same to you. Thank yes. you for all your years of, of expertise and commitment to the 23 counties in Baltimore City, representing us while we're taking care of business here, and you got us covered over there during session. So thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thank you. And, and the respect level that Michael gets at, at Annapolis is absolutely astounding to watch. Um, when, when he brings Mako's opinion to the table, and granted it's 24 jurisdictions that get together and make those decisions, but Michael and his whole staff work to hammer them points home and it does make a difference over there. We do get traction for any that have any skepticism about Mako's ability in Annapolis. Trust me, I've seen it in action and it's very effective and um, a lot of bad things have been staved off by Mako in the last six years that I've been over there doing it. So That's why we continue to join. <laughs> and, and for those the citizens who are watching, which by the way, Michael, I will tell you, Bruce, what's the statistic? We have oh, yeah. oh, more viewers the than yeah, Montgomery yeah. County, Anne Arundel, Arundel County, and PG Ten County time. combined for our, our, our broadcast. I just want you to know that. <laughs> so for all those viewers, just so they know, Mako, Maryland Association of Counties, it, it's a tremendous organization, huge advocates for us. And I think any, anybody who doesn't have faith in government working should, should watch how the Mako legislative process works because Absolutely. you have people from all different parties, all different interests, really getting together and coming up with a solution for proposed legislation, what is good for county governance. And it is, it is really, that's how government should operate. So a true bipartisan you. effort. It's great. It's a great true stuff. bipartisan effort. There's, there's no reds and blues when you're picking up the yeah, trash. Right? Absolutely. That's right. So I think it would give people, well done, people to see how that works. It's really amazing. So. Thank you, Michael. Thank you all. Hey, guys. Appreciate it, guys. You off to another one tonight or home? This is our show. This is our show. It's time to go home. Safe travels. <laughs> thank you. All right. Thank you. See you all. Thank you. Yep. See, See you tomorrow. tomorrow. Well, oh, online. Online. <laughs> Via Zoom. <laughs> I'm about wore out for that. <laughs> thank you all. All right, commissioners. Uh, our next presenter um, is a. Uh, our legislative liaison from Annapolis, and our boots on the ground guy, Bruce Barriano. We want to talk about some legislative requests, uh, summary for uh, this coming session. 
So this can be a conversation. There is a, a list in your, in your binder under tab six. Item two on page 23 kind of highlights some accomplishments from last year. Some other uh, items we did not uh, successfully achieve last year, and then a few new things. So, um, Bruce, you want to start off for a moment? Sure. All right. Sure. Good. Well, good evening, Mr. Chairman, members of the uh, Queen Anne's County uh, Commissioners. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here this evening. And uh, before I start, just on a personal note, I've uh, known Mike Sanderson for a very long time. He used to be head staff of the House Appropriations Committee a long time ago, and he's a just a quality professional person and uh, uh, my representing your county I also have the pleasure of representing Washington County I work actively with Mako and uh, it's a it's a very collaborative very very excellent so uh, uh, we're very fortunate to, to have Mike the head of uh, head of, of Mako um, secondly as a personal matter I just would like to thank those commissioners that were able during their schedule come down to the Taurus Crab Feast I was very honored it's good to see uh, uh, you all, and I hope you enjoyed yourselves very, very much. I really did. I hope you got some Smith Island cake, uh, you know, as well. Mm -hmm. but, uh, but thank you uh, very much. Uh, if I could just, uh, before getting into some legislation and issues, not trying to duplicate or repeat, but a couple of things that were mentioned uh, previously. Um, as Mako indicated there, it will be a special session, definitely. It's supposed to start on that Monday, I believe, the uh, the 5th of, uh, the 6th, excuse me, that Monday, the 6th of December. Uh, uncertain how long it will be. I would agree with that. I know, speaking to some senators, they've been told by the Senate president, block out two weeks. Um, um, so I, I just bring that up. I mean, several of them, and they've gotten a memo from the Senate president. I presume the House has gotten something similar. Um, um, there's, they're clearly going to do congressional redistricting. Uh, that also has to be sent up to the governor. Governor will have time to, uh, he has six days to for the sign or, or, or veto that. They would like to be around. Now, they may recess and then come back. I'm not saying they're going to be there for two weeks, but they may come back and uh, and potentially override that. Um, in my memory of, of Annapolis uh, for the past 50 years, believe it or not, it is the first time. And I'm just just I'm not trying to get partisan or anything. I'm just trying to just lay out the the, the situation. That's all. It's the first time that a Republican governor in a democratically dominated legislature has done redistricting. <coughs> Look back. I mean, Governor Ehrlich did not have an eight-year term, so he did not have that opportunity. But so you you have a very different dynamics than you would under a, a Democratic administration and a Democratic legislature in redistricting. Uh, so uh, it is somewhat anticipated that uh, uh, there will be real disagreements, and the legislature may try to uh, pass their version over the over the commission's version. And I say the governor, but as you know, the governor set up a bipartisan commission, which uh, chaired by uh, former federal judge Alex Williams, and they've they've completed their work and are submitting it. Question for you, Bruce. Um, any any models of what's being considered out there for public view, uh, or just speculation? Ju just speculation. I mean, okay, nothing. The, the the one thing I've been asking about, which I think is relevant, uh, uh, Commissioner. Uh, is uh, there was some early dialogue and scuttlebutt that uh, uh, the entire Eastern Shore, of course, would be included, 
but that, uh, as you may recall, when Roy Dyson was was a, a congressman, uh, they came across the bay and, and picked up parts of uh, parts of uh, of uh, uh, the Western Shore uh, uh, to change the, the the party affiliation ratio uh, in the, in the congressional race uh, in the congressional district. Excuse me, District One. I've heard some rumors of that, um, and I've just asked around, you know, out of, out of not only interest for this county but others, and it appears that will not be the case uh, uh, at all. Um, but what about what about for our, de our delegations? Um, uh, uh, on, on, the, on the delegation one, um, uh, uh, the only thing I know, I've had conversation with Senator Hershey. Um, he is. Uh, uh, Pretty much his county is, is very much intact. Uh, what he's disturbed about is really unnecessary. What's being uh, talked about so far is, um, I think you heard earlier, is, is taking Caroline County and dividing up into three, creating a whole new, uh, you know, d district, uh, you know, as, you know, as, as well, and even uh, creating a whole brand new district up in Cecil County. Now Cecil County already has. Um, uh, representation uh, attached to Hartford County, but also has in Delegate Hornberger uh, a, a, a freestanding uh, uh, representative already. Uh, so um, yeah, I think I, I think that district that you're talking to yes. is, and the north it also carves a large portion of northern Queen Anne's County out, basically from Barclay North gets carved out as well. So we Does lose, it? Yeah, I, we, I, we lose really? a good part of North County, yeah, in, in that carve out. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I know, I know Senator Hershey is, is staying very, uh, very attuned to the whole thing. I mean, he obviously would like Queen Anne's to stay uh, in, intact, you know, as, as, as it is currently, uh, not, not seeing a need to create a, a new uh, uh, district. Uh, Cecil County is well represented uh, uh, legislatively, at least on the House side, you know, uh, from that standpoint. Um, but there's nothing but, there's there's nothing there that people can take a look at like we looked like there was the Bay a bridge and I, I, I will, there I were seven or eight different options that, yeah, that no, they were looking there's at there's a map out is there a there's, map there's for these there's a map yes yep. i've seen it there's central districts i will check i will check further but but also just process wise um and, and again i'm not trying to get political but i just want you to know just so you have this kind of overall uh, uh, information um um all right, so you know the dynamics. You have, you have a Republican governor submitting both a congressional and a legislative plan. Um, the, the, the belief in the conversation is that the legislature will just really just reject it completely. Uh, they have the votes. Uh, again, you, you don't have a Democratic governor, so you don't have those dynamics there and uh, pass their own version. Uh, I think the real check, and, and, I'm, and again, I'm, excuse me for repeating myself, I'm not trying to get political, I just want to lay it out because I think it's very good information generally for you, not only congressionally, but legislatively. The only check uh, that I, I think there is on the legislature not really going unfettered in terms of doing whatever they want to do is the reality that uh, these matters can be taken into court. And they have been taken to court before and been challenged before, both congressional and legislative. On the legislative front, you have a court of appeals uh, that is now uh, uh, chaired as a chief judge uh, by uh, a former delegate, a former senator, uh, 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 
who, who is the chief judge of, of, the, of the entire judiciary, who uh, uh, is on the Court of Appeals. Uh, the Court of Appeals has, even if you may recall, when Glenn Denning sent in a, uh, uh, a map, it, it was, it was uh, widely contested. And the court did redraw some parts of, of it. Okay. That's how Cass Taylor lost his election and what have you. So the court ultimately, uh, if it finds good grounds, can redraw uh, districts. And from there, there is no appeal. That's number one. There's no appeal uh, from, from that, okay, uh, uh, on the congressional side. But the other thing the court will have that it can utilize in whole and in part is this citizens group that the governor created, chaired by a very highly regarded and well-respected uh, former federal uh, judge, Alex Williams. Uh, they've had a meeting throughout the entire state, a lot of input and what have you. So there is another model out there that the court, I'm not saying they're going to, I'm just saying it's there, uh, rather than try to create something themselves, that they can take in whole or in part and utilize and adopt, and from there, there is no further appeal. Uh, so the legislature is mindful of that, and, and that, that will be a good check overall. Um, but uh, it, it is a, um, a continuing uh, process, and, and uh, um, the congressional will be taken care of uh, during the special session. They will have to uh, deal with all the governor's vetoes the Constitution requires when they come back in. It's the first order of business, so they will do, they will do that. Um, whether they will try to pass some any other legislation, I, I, I really don't know. There was some scuttlebutt, which I've, I've really been trying to follow rumors, but uh, uh, um, so far it is no more than just a rumor, and that is that they were going to change the um, uh, the uh, the primary date for the for the for the election. Uh, no, no, it was out there for quite some period of time, and I've checked checked it out. I am, I've been talking to senators and delegates, you know, and um, I'm told that. that <laughs> okay, so but that would affect everybody. That sure. would affect everybody. So that, so that, so it, talking about the primary election, right? Not, not so the general it's election. July now, right? Is it, it's June now. Oh, it's June now. Yes, it is. Yeah. Okay. What are they looking to do with it, Bruce? Uh, to push it out, push it out. They can go um, for the voting by district and get that in. Uh, excuse me. They can do the voting by district and try to get that in uh, with enough possibly, time for it to possibly. Be but enacted. but I, I've you know I've, I've really checked that out, and as of uh, really last night, uh, I was at I was at a, a fundraiser talking to a number of legislators. It it doesn't seem to be on the table at all, really at all. But they're in session, and they can pass things out. The governor can veto it, but they can come back in. So um, um, uh, I don't mean to raise any fears or concerns. I just want to share with you all the information that I know and also the process. Uh, uh, well, I, you know, I think it's fair to say that, that what we as, as the general public consider the term to be defined um, scuttlebutt and then what is deemed scuttlebutt coming out of legislators in Annapolis, sometimes that scuttlebutt's not scuttlebutt and that it actually does happen. Yeah, and it's I, just I kind of somebody's way of leaking it to us to give us a heads up of guess what's coming. Commissioner, you're, you're right. I don't take any scuttlebutt I hear and just discard it. I right. try my very best to check it out in my 
phone conversations, you know, and what have you. Not only from my own knowledge, but that of, of my clients, you know, that. So please, no letters that you want to go to Delaware, okay? <laughs> All right, please, okay, please. I mean, everything's, everything's good. Everything's good. Thank you for covering that, Bruce. Um, but I'll, I'll stay on it, and we'll, we'll, we'll keep you uh, uh, very, po- very, uh, very posted on that. Also, very briefly, but, but, and I think it's relevant, there's going to be, and, and you're going to see some of it, in the special session, but if not, you will clearly see it in the January session that comes in. There's going to be, in a very unprecedented way, particularly in the fourth year of, of a, of a, of a four, four-year term, some very significant um, legislative changes. Uh, I'll just run through them very quickly. In the House, it is expected that the chairman of the Ways and Means Committee, uh, uh, Ann Kaiser, will be moving on to a very significant uh, a private sector position, and there'll be a new chair of the of the Ways and Means Committee. That's very, very significant. Um, uh, the House Economic Matters Committee, uh, uh, it's been re- reported, it's not really a secret or anything like that. Uh, the Nancy Cop, the current treasurer, will be retiring as of uh, uh, December 1, so the legislature constitutionally must uh, elect someone to fill out that term of, of, the, of the, uh, the 13 months before 23 when they elect someone for four years. Uh, the person most likely, uh, and I anticipate, will, will be the new treasurer, will be uh, Derek Davis, uh, who is from Prince George's County, who currently chairs a very significant committee, the House Economic Matters Committee. So that will be a vacancy of a second very significant, well, all the committees in the, in the, in the House are, are significant, that, that will happen. And the vice chair of that committee, uh, depending upon the governor's actions, is uh, before the governor on a possible circuit court judgeship in Montgomery County. So that would be a new chair and vice chair of that very significant committee. Um, um, uh, those, are, those are significant changes. Um, uh, over in the Senate, uh, the Senate Finance Committee, which is a very significant committee, uh, that that I understand the chair of that committee, uh, Dolores Kelly from Baltimore County, will be retiring uh, before the before the January session, and there will be a new chair of that of the, of that committee, the Senate Finance Committee, um, uh, which which is is quite significant there there as well. Um, so there's aside from the, the the other changes that you're reading about and statewide elections, what have you, there really. Uh, unusually, in the last uh, year of a four-year term, are some very significant changes that that, that will occur, and uh, I, I just mentioned that uh, generally. Uh, I will I will keep you fully apprised of what I know, and, and of course, you know when when things happen. Um, going on to the legislation, I know you have. I've been in back and forth communication with uh, with 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 Mr. Moan. Um, you have, I know, in front of you, you have legislation that was not approved last session and the, the bills that were approved. Um, in terms of the bills that were not approved uh, last session uh, on, on the, uh, the page that you have in front of you, uh, let me take the last one first, House Bill 655, which, uh, as you know, died in the Senate. Uh, I have been very unable to find out from the bill sponsor whether he intends to put that bill in again or not. He's just not telling me. It's a de- delegate, uh, Brian Crosby from St. Mary's County. Um, 
Uh, I know the senator in that district uh, who's rather uh, disturbed by uh, the delegate's action uh, is uh, looking for a good candidate to uh, run against him in, in the election. But I don't know whether he's going to put that bill in or not. What I do know in conversations I've had with Senator Hershey, and as you know, he was really very much in the forefront uh, on, on that and uh, uh, in defeating it in the Senate uh, la last year. Um, he is prepared. He's loaded for bear. Uh, I think the awkwardness in this proposal coming forward is the bill, in essence, as you know, creates single-member districts. Well, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Uh, apparently, the legislature, uh, as I'm being told anecdotally, is not going to be proposing single-member delegate districts. Well, so you have a bill going through creating, at the local government level, single-member districts. If they're so good and, and, and so important to do, why not for the legislature as well? So I think this bill in the, in the kind of the, the backdrop of redistricting going on, uh, there, there just can be a lot of inconsistencies and, and, and hypocritical uh, um, uh, actions. Uh, uh, but I will continue to endeavor to try to find out if that bill is going to be going back in or not. If it goes in, um, um, I don't see how it would affect uh, of the elections of the various uh, counties that it would apply to, um, um, but I but it bears very close watching, very close watching, and um, so I, I wanted I wanted to bring that up. The uh, uh, Sunday hunting, um, all the Sunday hunting bills of the various counties uh, were not enacted. Uh, they passed out of the House. Um, Senator Pinsky, who chairs the committee in the Senate, doesn't like hunting or fishing on Sundays. And none of the bills went anywhere. Uh, uh, I, I would recommend a, a, a further effort uh, uh, in that regard and, and uh, uh, really continue pushing hard on it. These are local bills. Other counties have that currently in the law. So uh, blocking any further expansion of that is very unfair. It's treating counties uh, disparately. Uh, I would recommend respectfully, I mean, it's, it's your discretion uh, that uh, that legislation should be reintroduced both on the, on the, on the fishing and on, on, the, uh, on the Sunday uh, hunting. And uh, uh, we, 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 I'm not saying it wasn't fought hard before, but we just uh, ramp up our efforts and uh, uh, try and make some additional arguments and, and, and points in that regard. Um, the uh, bill on uh, criminal disruption of the highway usage dealing with the Bay Bridge, I sent to you, I apologize, I forgot to bring it with me, but the bill did not pass, but the, but the legislature did pass some budget language asking uh, the Department of Transportation to monitor that situation and to provide uh, some data. I, I, I can send that budget language again to you, but I know I did send it after the session was over, but uh, 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 that, that, that bill, and as you know, that bill was only in the House, was not in the Senate, so it, it did not uh, uh, proceed forward. On the uh, uh, House Bill 644, uh, the Queen Anne's County License Beverage Bill, uh, uh, 
I've not been able to get the full story, but uh, someone on the committee was just trying to send a message to uh, Delegate Aarons, that was, you know, uh, that, that local bill uh, on, on, on an unrelated uh, matter within the committee, uh, and that, that bill just didn't go anywhere. Uh, um, I, I would recommend it be put back in again. Each session's a different in a brand new session. I mean, it's your your discretion, but you, you learn from the, the past, and uh, um, hopefully, something can be done in that in that regard. Um, the uh, uh, on item number eight, uh, I've read over what uh, Mr. Moan has uh, sent to me. Um, I mean, it's within your discretion. I'd be very happy uh, you know, to make sure that legislation's. Uh, Introduce if it's your pleasure to add Queen Anne's County to uh, to the other counties currently under under the law to give some broad ability uh, to have agro uh, uh, tourism. I've seen some other jurisdictions do that uh, uh, on farm property and, and other uh, related property for uh, you know weddings and uh, and other occasions. No one has has asked to do a bar mitzvah yet in a farm uh, in a barn. You know, waiting for that. But but seriously, this um, um, it's, uh, people are, are looking for different types of venues for weddings and and other festive occasions. Uh, uh, so it's your consideration. But uh, I would hope and expect that a bill like that would because uh, we're really just uh, we're just really going to be. Um Going on to something that already exists. This should be. Yeah. This should, yes. be, a, oh, yes. this should right. be a slam dunk. Yeah. No, I was going to say I, I just don't see any any problem, and and you have that options. I mean, the other there are a number of other counties right. that are doing it. Uh, uh, you know, from that from that standpoint. Um, as to the action you took earlier, I'm, I'm just presuming you will, but I'll be happy to assist. I would uh, get a copy of that letter that you you already have voted on uh, uh, to uh, Senate President Ferguson. So that he has it as soon as possible, uh, and um, I'll be seeing him um, on another matter. I'd, I'd be happy to follow up and uh, uh, see what his office is doing to get other letters from other jurisdictions to really, uh, you know, make this happen uh, administratively. Uh, a bill could be introduced. I don't know if, if uh, Senate Presidents, you know, thought of that. If if uh, if the letters and administratively it doesn't work, but that's another alternative that could be done either in the special session or in or in the session you know coming up. Um, the other item, which I believe you all know, is that uh, I don't have a date yet, but it, it's going to happen, and uh, I, I think it's it's going to be wonderful. Is that uh, I'm working with the staff of the House Speaker's office. The House Speaker has said to me in conversation that she she's she's touring around the state. And uh, she was telling me about it, and I said, well, uh, Madam Speaker, I represent uh, Queen Anne's County. They would love to have you here and uh, what have you. Would you come on out? She said, yes, she would. So uh, we have sent, as, as you may know, uh, some suggested uh, things to look at and, and what have you. Don't know if it probably would be a half day. I don't know if it would be a whole day or a half day. Probably a half day, but some things for her staff to look at logistically and, and decide and what have you. And. Uh, I've been staying on that. I've been uh, nudging them uh, uh, lovably, you know, to you know get a date and get it done, and of course to let 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 you all know. But I I think that would be uh, really nice to uh, have that. 
the House Speaker was chairman of the uh, Capital Budget Committee on the Appropriations Committee before she became Speaker. She is, and I, I commend her for it, she's a very visual person. Like any times there was a capital project, she went to visit it, which was fabulous. You got the, you know. So here, uh, she really wants to have a more visual uh, of, of the state. So uh, that, that'll be very helpful to the county. And, uh, you know, of course, we'll be uh, fully involved and, and, you know, decide who else you would want to have there. And uh, um, I'm sure Delegate Aaron should be there. And, uh, you know, you might have Senator Hershey, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But I'm, I'm working on that and working off the list that uh, was submitted for possible visits and, and stuff like that. And that would be sometime between now and Thanksgiving, yes, probably. The session. Yeah. The session. Yeah. She had said to me okay. she wants to get it done before um, uh, uh, before early December. So I've, uh, I'm hoping to get a, a date soon. Um, I believe there's one date that I was asked to, uh, one day of the week I was asked to stay away from. Uh, respectfully, one of you uh, uh, really has scheduling difficulties that day, but uh, and I gave that information. We'll have to obviously uh, see what, uh, what what works in her schedule, but it's uh, uh, it, it, it should be a real good thing. Um, uh, that you know that is that is all I have on my end. Be happy to answer any questions. Uh, again, let me say in advance, I uh, I thank you for giving me the opportunity. I really really love representing Queen Anne's County. I'm not just saying that to be polite. I, I enjoy it immensely. I love working with all of you. Uh, I appreciate you tolerating me, and uh, uh, I really like working with your uh, with with your uh, um, your delegation. I, I believe Delegate Aaron's will continue as chair of the Eastern Shore delegation, which is really very helpful to this county in particular, since he's our, the resident delegate here. Sir, he's a pit bull. Uh, something of interest to Queen Anne's County is the implicit. Closing of the Witsit Center. I'm sorry, the what? Closing of the Witsit Center. Witted? Witsit. 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 Yeah. It's in Kent County, but it's... it's yes. uh, but that's, that is our go-to for addiction, and it will be a hard blow to Queen Anne's County if that happens. Is it, it, it just if you can educate me, is it is it announced to be closed, or, or is it there? Yes. Yeah. yeah. About a year. In about a year? Yeah. And that's, I mean, you remember the ruckus that cooked up over Kent County Hospital closing? Yeah. This wouldn't get that because... Is this, is this uh, behavioral health or just addiction? Both. Yeah. Both? I, think, I believe it's both, but it I is. know it's addiction for sure. It's mental we, health and addiction, yeah. There you go. Yep. We the reason I mention that is um, uh, I have a client in Anne Arundel County called the Pascal uh, 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 Crisis Stabilization Center. Mm -hmm. uh, named after Bob Pascoe, his county executive, he, he got it started and everything like that. And they are extremely successful in, in, in Queen Anne's County, excuse me, in, in Anne Arundel County. They receive no money from the, from the county at all. They receive no money from the state. Uh, they have gotten some bond money for, for infrastructure. But the point is they operate uh, without any governmental uh, budget expenditures. And they handle uh, drug addiction and and uh, stabilize uh, behavioral health. Now it's not a residence. Is 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 this facility a, a yes. residential? Yes. I mean, so it's there's more than beds. just a stabilization. Yes, primarily inpatient. But there's so it is. Very, I, I just say that yeah. they could come out and maybe talk and see if there's some 
location and some ability that they could be of assistance here. We need both. I mean, frankly, I mean, we have. But they're not a they're not a residential uh, uh, facility, but they have a very excellent uh, reputation in in uh, Anne Arundel County. Uh, um, um, and very strongly supported by the the Anne Arundel delegation, Senator Ed Riley and, and, and you know and others. Well, we need this one. So you know this is coming. Am I correct? Yes. Uh, uh, well, I'll be very happy. Would, to, would you find out the particulars of it? And, yes, and then, I will do that. Yeah, because that's something we would like to intervene in. And, it, and, and excuse me for not knowing, there is no such facility in the, in this county. No, not to that, not to that of that nature. No, no that's a, that, that that serves four a, counties too. So it's oh, it not, does. Yeah, it's, okay, it's multi-county. I will do that and, and try and come up with some thoughts uh, and ideas, maybe even a discussion. I, I'm sure they would come out and just talk, even give thoughts and ideas, you know, to help you all out. All right. All right. Jim, do you have anything? No, I'm good. Anybody else? No. Bruce, thank you very much. Thank Appreciate you. It. My pleasure. I thank you very much. I'm sorry if I went a little longer than I no, no. would have, but I, I thought you'd want to have some of the background. Yeah, we appreciate the insight. Background yep. Because uh, um, it's very different times. <laughs> Absolutely. <coughs> Have a good coming. evening. You too. Thank Bruce. you, sir. Yep. Good to see you, Bruce. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you again for coming down and pause. Sure. All right. Next commissioners, we have um, our director of economic development and tourism for a grant hearing for funding to conduct a feasibility study for the reuse of the former Sellersville Middle School. So, and um, Heather, come on down. Take care, Mike. So this is item uh, number Roman numeral three, page 25 in your book. And also with Heather is Rebecca Lepter, our economic development coordinator. So they're going to chair this hearing. And uh, we'll take some public comment, and that will conclude things. So go ahead, Heather. So this is a public hearing uh, for a proposed community development block grant application. So there's some items that I need to read um, due to the formal nature of, of this request. Uh, this application is being made for an adaptive reuse of the former Southersville Middle School building. The purpose of this public hearing is to obtain the view of citizens on community economic development and housing needs to be considered for submission of an application for the community development block grant awarded through the Maryland Department of Housing and Community Development. The purpose of this project is to obtain the funding needed to conduct a feasibility study to consider multiple options for an adaptive reuse for the former Southersville Middle School building. Citizens will have the opportunity to discuss proposed projects and to provide input and other needs to be considered. A draft application will be available to the public for review on October 22nd, 2021 at the Kramer Center at 104 Powell Street, Centerville, Maryland, 21617 during normal business hours. Citizens will be provided with information including, but not limited to, the proposed project under consideration by the County Commissioners of Queen Anne's County. The Maryland Community Development Block Grant Program is a federally funded program designed to assist governments with activities directed towards neighborhood and house, housing revitalization, economic development, and improved community facilities and services. It is administered by the Maryland Department of Housing and Community Development. The proposed product project under consideration by the County Commissioners of Queen Anne's County is a feasibility study in the amount of $50,000 to give Queen Anne's County the information it needs to make decisions 
about the building's continued use and to help it remain a viable community asset. The public hearing must be held prior to the grant application submission and notice of the hearing must be published in the local paper at least five days prior to the hearing. A notice of public hearing was placed in the record observer on October 21st and an, an, an announcing the public hearing set for tonight at 6.30 p.m. at the Liberty Building in Centerville. This public hearing will summarize the purpose, proposed strategies, and proposed outcomes of the following of the project, um, the adaptive reuse feasibility study of the former Southersville Middle School building. Um, an overview of the project is when the Queen Anne's County Board of Education relocated the existing Southersville Middle School to the new campus loc location in 2012, the former Southersville Middle School was left vacant. Since the building was vacant, renewed use of the building has been a hope of the community. Having a feasibility study that incorporates previous studies and consideration of added infrastructure will allow Queen Anne's County, Southersville Volunteer Fire Company, and the Town of Southersville to identify needed improvements to the building and lay out goals for its full redevelopment. With a vision to re renovate and repurpose the historic school as a multi-use facility, the feasibility study offers a foundation to potentially revitalize Main and Church Streets, um, meet critical needs of the area, and increase economic opportunity in Southersville and the surrounding communities. Uh, we have now reached the public comment section of this public hearing, um, and comments will be limited to three minutes. I would sign up. <clears throat> Does anybody want to speak? Anybody want to speak? Good evening, Commissioners. Thank you for your time. Uh, I'll keep it very, very brief. But uh, I think all of you know my name is Mike Faust. Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> I'm a past president of the Subtle Volunteer Fire Company, and I was involved with the, from, with the middle school project from the very beginning. I actually wrote the RFP. Uh, back in 2012 or 2013 for when the uh, project was turned over to the fire company. We've maintained the building ourselves um, over the course of years. We, we check it for security. Um, we've instituted a couple other things out there to add value to the area, including a laundromat, which I think you all are aware of, um, which is heavily used by people from all around the county and, and other counties, actually. And we uh, most recently had worked at a project with um, Atlantic Broadband. They put a hub on the back corner of our property to allow them to keep a circular, if, you know, if the internet goes down at one point, they can reroute it a different direction to keep people in place. So that's been a relatively new project, but um, we have always wanted to find a good use for this building and these funds will allow us to do that and get the feasibility study done. Um, personally, I think we should be looking at some technology there. There's already fiber in the building, um, which is unusual for the, for the town of Sellersville. So my thoughts were technology-based businesses downstairs and even um, really high-tech apartments upstairs, but again, we'll see how the feasibility study uh, goes uh, with your guys' support. So, thank you. Anybody else? Close public comment. Okay, public comment is closed. Okay. Um, would you like us to give you some more details about the the grant? I'm going to be any questions. No, I'm going to go ahead and make the motion, and I don't think this is one I'm going to hold open for the two weeks. So um, I'll make a motion that we approve Queen Anne's County Economic Tourism Development's Applications and Community Development Block Grant Program for an Adaptive Reuse Feasibility Study of Southernsville Middle School for $50,000 and sign the proposed resolution. Second. Got a motion to second. All in favor? 
Aye. Aye. Any opposed? Five in favor, motion carries. Awesome. Thank I want you. to thank Rebecca for her hard work on this. She's been the lead on this. Excellent work. Thank, thank you. Thank you both. Yeah. Great thank job. You. Bring him some more grant money. That's right. All right, commissioners, uh, we have our final presentation of this evening. Feature presentation, I should say, from uh, Director Steve Shanley from the Department of Parks and Recreation for his quarterly update. So, Steve. Take it away. So we make him last on his presentation, but he's always first when he's buying trucks. I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> You're never going to let me live that down. <laughs> uh, all right. Welcome, Steve. Good to see you. Thank you. It's great to be here again to, to fill you in on what's been going on lately. Um, again, just starting off with program open space. These are some of the projects that we still have open. Uh, we've got court rehab, and we're looking to be able to possibly close that out. Um, next month, we'll be coming to you guys with a, um, an action item to take care of some uh, tennis courts and pickleball courts um, that we've had scheduled yeah. for a long time. Um, so we've got our fingers crossed, and then it's just a matter of um, getting, getting them scheduled to, to work. Uh, the Route 8 trail extension up by um, uh, Mattapique Elementary School, the Terrapin Park and Restroom Ranger Station, that's a project that's uh, going on, should be completed uh, about the first of the year. And then from FY22, we just put additional money into uh, the trail extension and to, um, I'm sorry, into Terrapin. Um, we also have the White Marsh Project. It was the local parks and playgrounds infrastructure um, money that uh, we got. We got a million dollars plus uh, some county funds. We're putting lights up at White Marsh Park on the Bermuda fields. That work should be done around uh, mid-December. Should be completed and ready to go from so, there. So I got to umpire a game at Love Point Park and uh, witnessed the quality of the new lighting there. Amazing. I mean, it's night and day. No pun intended, <laughs> night and day. So yeah, the folks at White Marsh are going to have a real treat. That's going to add a whole new dimension to, to White Marsh Park and open it up for a lot of uh, additional use. So we're looking forward to that. Um, some of the things that uh, you guys have been a part of, we had the ribbon cutting um, at the off-road trail at Terrapin Nature Park. Um, again, just a couple of photos um, of our staff there and uh, you guys there representing um, more staff and, um, you know, it was a great, uh, great amenity to the park. Um, we seem to be getting a lot of uh, good use out of that. Um, the other ribbon cutting we had the other day uh, was the open opioid awareness trail at Old Love Point Park, um, you know, kind of the continuation of, uh, of Go Purple and not just necessarily just for the month of October. We wanted to make sure that it was something that was extended throughout the year. And this is a, uh, a great opportunity that, uh, that we came up with and um, we got a lot of great reviews and, you know, it was a, a very good ceremony. And even after the ceremony, people just they hung around for a little bit. So, you know, when that happens after a ribbon cutting, I think you kind of get the feel that you did something right. Um, here's another picture of it. Uh, uh, again, as I mentioned earlier, the Terrapin Nature Park and Ranger Station, the top two pictures on the left and the right are what the area used to look like. The bottom two pictures are the areas that have been cleared out recently. So we're, we're moving forward on that project. Uh, some other park projects, the one on the uh, left-hand side, the wooden boardwalk, that was an um, uh, Eagle Scout project that we had done. 
The middle picture is a picture of a ferry point, and there was a storm in September that came through there, and we actually lost about 10 feet of the shoreline. I, I remember actually sitting on that bench with plenty of land in front of you. So Now it's beachfront. Yeah, so we'll actually be meeting with DNR to see what we can come up with to try to, to, try to recapture that. Uh, and then the picture on the right is Roosevelt Park, and uh, those trees along that tree line have been infected with um, the emerald ash board. We have recently taken those down and did some other tree work in the park and got them cleaned up and um, you know back up to a good standard. Oops. Uh, as Commissioner Dumanel was mentioning, the um, uh, lighting project at Old Love Point Park. Um, in addition to that, we also got some new back uh, backstops. Um, uh, for that site. Uh, as far as recreation, we've had uh, a couple of different leagues going on. Uh, we've had the youth uh, field hockey um, program going on. They utilize both artificial and natural turf fields, so they got a good combination of both. You can see the different age groups that we had some, uh, from five to 13 year olds, about 160 participants. Um, one of the good things about this is, you know, not only is it just Queen Anne County. Um, uh, citizens that are using it, but we also combined with Kent County and um, combined, we didn't combine the teams, but we competed against them. So it kind of expands their, uh, I, I, their I can tell you that this is a very successful program that the county has had with the field hockey. So much to the, to the extent that it's a great feeder program to our high schools. In fact, Kent Island High School Lady Varsity Field Hockey competed for Bayside Championships tonight. Hopefully they won. So it's because of these programs that our rec that our rec comes up with. Thank you. Um, youth volleyball. Again, we've got you know junior divisions and senior divisions, and again, um, you know we're having good use uh, with um, working with the board of education. And um, during COVID, we actually moved the program outside, and we had sand volleyball at, um, uh, at uh, Old Love Point and at um, uh, Southersville, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so it's, it's a good program. We've been able to do it both inside and out. We've extended the seasons. Youth flag football, um, again, you know, it's a, it's a growing program. You know, the numbers aren't um, super high, but it's, you know, it's beginning to, to take off. Usually they pay, play on grass, but they also get the one, you know, game on the artificial turf, which makes them feel like, you know, they're big time and it's, you know, something special to, <laughs> special to play on. Uh, some of our uh, recreation special events in cooperation with the Corsica River Conservancy, we had uh, Corsica River Day um, out at Conquest. Um, we had Barbecue Bueno out there, 12 different exhibitors. You can see some of the different activities that were, were out there. Um, it was nice to get back as we had to you know, obviously take a break from, from last year because of COVID. Um, we also had a 5K run out at uh, Conquest and a trail run. Uh, we had about 50 participants there. Um, again, it's a nice alternative to regular road races. It's you know it's through the through the woods, and we've got some um, nice compliments on on that program as well. Um, again, utilizing the artificial turf um, at the high schools, uh, we have adult soccer um, drop in. We've also done some yoga out at the uh, Mattapique Clubhouse. Um, now the big season going into winter, we've got youth basketball. They just did a um, uh, rating for the uh, players this weekend. They're getting ready to put them onto teams, notify coaches, um, practice schedules, and games will start uh, December 4th. Um, our other big program for the wintertime is the indoor soccer. Um, 
league, which um, uh, the deadline is um, November 1st for registration. And you can see we've got 117 already registered for that program. Uh, artificial turf rentals. Um, we, we've done, again, we've continued to do well at Queen Anne's County High School. It's mostly football and some field hockey. UQ, UQA football has actually used that as their home field this year. Great. Um, they've uh, definitely enjoyed the, uh, um, the benefits of, of being there. It helps them out, I think, in proximity as to where they're, they're located and you know, uh, participating against teams from across the bridge. And, and, and I, mean, is there, I mean, I know there's, we've thought about terms of Churchill obviously being their original home mm -hmm. and the, the shape the field was in. It's great to see that they're able to use the high school field. Is there any, are we looking at anything up there in terms of a long-term solution to get them back to their home practice field at least? Or? Well, yes, and I'm glad you brought up. We actually met with um, several gentlemen from UQA football. Um, we talked about um, uh, the Churchill field. Mm -hmm. Again, you know, when we went to look at it, it was the middle of summer, middle of July. You know, hadn't rained in 30 days. So you know there dust were hole. there was a there was a, a lot of a dust, but it was still a playable field, and that's one of the things that you know our conversation was. You know the field is still playable. If you can practice on it, it's playable. It's still game ready either way. Um, and and one of the things is is you know how do teams practice on your field? And again, it's you know the organization we work with them, and we're asking them to you know move practices around on different parts of the field. Don't always, you know, the worst part of a field is the side that's closest to the parking lot because athletes don't walk. They can't go too much further than you know, the closest part of the field. So, you know, that was one thing that, you know, they were in, in, in agreement with. And then through our conversation, you know, we talked about uh, moving them to a different area. We have them actually practicing up at um, Centerville Middle School okay. in, in that open field area there, giving Churchill Field a rest. And that thing now has grown in and is, is lush. And it just goes to show if you look at Centerville Middle School, the, that field where they're practicing, mm. just the damage that practice does alone. So it, a lot has to do with trying to stay off the field as much as you can, saving that as your game field to, to keep it So maybe it a rotational type thing may be the best way to go in the long term, yeah. to, to move it around to where but, you uh, And I think right now they are, they were very satisfied with going to Centerville Middle School because when we had the conversation with them, we said, try it, try it for a week, Put it out to your parents and see how it goes. And if it blows up in your face, then you know, of course, by all means, you can come back to to uh, Churchill. They got down there, they liked it, and everything has been has been great from there. So, and uh, you know, a good part of it was just you know the communication aspect of it. You know, making sure that they come to us first as opposed to jumping over us and coming directly to you because. All that's going to do is jump to you and come right back down to exactly. us. Exactly. So you know, give us an opportunity to to make it right. If we don't make it right, by you know, yes, by all means, they should come to you. But you know, knock on wood, I think everything has has good. gone well I this appreciate year. It. I have not got any calls this year, so that's no. why I say it went good. We'll keep our fingers crossed. Yeah. We've probably got two more weeks of the season. <laughs> Um. <laughs> but just just playing on the turf. I mean, those kids love it. I mean, I got there were so many good comments about them getting to play out on the turf last year when the field was in bad bad shape. You right, know? right. I mean, it's just it's special. You get out there, you're on the turf field. You like the big boys. You know what right. I mean? So kids and, love it. You know, it, I, I tell you, probably the hardest part about the turf is just the behavior of 
of people that are actually on there. It's the chewing the, of the gum, it's the sunflower seeds, it's the Gatorade, it's the Cokes, it's all that other stuff that is detrimental to the field. Right. You know, if we can get everybody to be on board and support those rules of only having water, you know, very limited Gatorade and no chewing tobacco or, um, or sunflower seeds on there, you know, it makes everybody's life a, a whole lot easier. But again, you know, it's, it's part of that learning curve. And, you know, we're, we're getting there. Um, but, you know, obviously those are just It'd be nice people. if there was some sort of uh, machinery that, that allowed you to vacuum the turf, redistribute the infill, but keep the other stuff that's like the sunflower seeds. I mean, that's, you know, that's the big, you can't just sit there and pick those sunflower seeds up one at a time. It's talk about a monotonous thing. And, that, and that's part of the reason why, you know, I had said maybe Mr. Miller could reach out to the many organizations that use our fields and just say, hey, look, just as a reminder, no sunflower seeds. Right. And we, you know, obviously we um, are following up with that. And, Good. you know, it's just a, you know, it's a constant thing. It's every period, periodically you have to go ahead and remind people of, of that. Um, and again, let's see, uh, you know, not only is out, our outside groups using the, uh, the artificial turf fields, but we are too, as I mentioned earlier, in some of the activities. Um, fall sports outside leagues, we've had 193 total teams. That's roughly about 2,200 uh, participants. Um, just for your information, we've got 65 grass fields and 17 ball diamonds were in use this past fall. Um, as I'm sure I'm not telling anybody new, Field space demands at um, Ken Island are through the roof. You know, there's not enough fields technically to, to accommodate. We're really squeezing folks in, and you know, one of one of the battles that we have is getting people to go a quarter mile down the road, another two miles to to another area where there's an open field, where there's space available. But you know, but what's funny is, is, is parents will take their kids into travel leagues and drive 70 miles to a tournament. <laughs> but they, they won't drive 10 more miles up the road to get a, a, <laughs> get a, a field they can get to. Yeah, right. I, mean, I, I don't know. Going across the Kent Narrows Bridge. We, just, when, when I played, we had to walk uphill both ways in the snow. You know the story. Right, right. So. With no shoes. With no shoes, that's right. You had to carry your shoes on your shoulder. So. <laughs> but, um, you know, you can see the different soccer leagues that are um, utilizing the, uh, the facilities. There's a total of 89 teams using... Old Love Point Park this year. That's a lot of teams in a, you know, in a limited. How many space. sports is that total, Steve? Um, let's see, that would be four. Yeah, soccer, would be um, lacrosse, baseball. Oh, baseball. Uh, volleyball. It's at least four. Oh, they're using volleyball outdoor. Yeah. Oh, okay. We've got that going on as well. Um, let's see, Wells Cove Landing. We've done a lot of improvements there. Um, these installations that you see um, were actually installed by um, Hobson Landscape. But it was designed by uh, Nancy Scazzari, who works for us. Um, it was a good collaborative effort between um, Hobson's and, um, and our department, as well as uh, working with um, our, our landings department and um, the Kent Narrows Development uh, Foundation. Um, the top picture, you know, if you recall, it was filled with, you know, eight feet high. Um, overgrown, aged out uh, hues that needed to be removed. So now we've opened it up and it's nice and you know, you, you've got a view shed of the water no matter where you park. Um, you know, people can't hide behind it. Trash is limited as far as being tossed in there and hidden forever. Um, the bottom picture um, is actually um, uh, the, the landing itself. We um, 
have a, that, that circular landscape area put into the middle of it as opposed to the whole area just being Empty. blocked. Right. Um, so it gives it a completely different um, look. Um, the, the, the picture to the left, um, we did some repaving. We um, uh, shored up the, um, the lines uh, along there. And we also put uh, pavers going towards the porta bonds or porta porta pods <laughs> to make them um, completely um, ADA accessible. Um, sometimes, you know, the uh, porta johns are put in areas where they're not truly ADA accessible, where there's a mud thing and it gets dug out, and so therefore, by by rule, they don't really work. But now, you know, we've ensured it this way that it does. Uh, the Chesapeake Carriage Visitor Center, the bulkhead project, is uh, getting ready to get underway. I'm sure you guys have seen the uh, uh, equipment down there, and we're hoping to um, get that started within the next uh, week or so. Um, DPW um, uh, engineer Paul Seiden is uh, um, spearheading that project, um, so we're looking for good things. Kentonera's Marina, you know, I, I showed this picture and obviously it's not a good picture because it's a sunk boat. But the good thing that comes out of it, it is, you know, we have uh, begun to establish better relationships um, with the Coast Guard, with DNR, with natural resources uh, police, and, um, you know, those are things that go a long way. You know, and, and we've, we've gone through the process and, you know, we're figuring out who needs to come in and how to take care of it, um, making sure that, you know, all the rules are, are followed. Um, the the um, boat will actually be removed probably the first or second week of December. It's actually going to be done by Mertech, which is the group that is doing the um, uh, visitor center bulkhead. Um, so we went through DNR and their process and their um, abandoned boat project. So, so speaking of, of the projects you did at Wells Cove Road and the, and the new bulkhead, I imagine the phone's ringing off the hook from the folks from the Kent Narrows Foundation thanking you for all the great work you guys have done. They are appreciative. They okay. are appreciative. Uh, let's see. Roman Cook Pier, uh, we've got a new fence up there and um, it's actually going to be electronic. Uh, we're waiting for the installation of, of the um, uh, electric box. Is it on a, a timer? Or it's going to be on a timer. It's going to be um, 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. are the hours that we're going to operate that. Uh, we're still uh, figuring out the last part of how to notify those folks that are on the pier, say, about 8.45. Big horn. Siren. We talked about yeah. horns, but obviously yeah. that's not going to go over too well. <laughs> we'll probably somehow figure out how to put some lights out on the pier that will flash. Pyrotechnics will be cool. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. Would be Sprinklers. So nine o'clock because in, in the peak of summer, it's still Good daylight idea. at nine. Still daylight. But what about daylight savings? Well, we're, we're trying to be con consistent. Okay. Um, and we're trying to also be courteous to the neighbors that are, right. that are down there. And again, you know, um, Roma Cook Pier was 24 hours. You know, it had been 24 hours for the longest time. And you know, oh, one, of the reasons, one of the reasons it changed was during COVID because it was the only game that was in town that was open. So everybody was flocking there. Yep. Things are going back to a, a better place. I don't want to say normal because yes. we don't know what that is. Um, <laughs> So still trying to accommodate what we, you know, what we told the neighbors and still providing an uh, outdoor recreation opportunity to folks. Will, and there if they, be, will there be a sensor if, so, if somebody doesn't get out and the car's in there and they want to get out? They can get out. They'll be able to get out. They just, can get out. Okay. Yeah, it'll have an uh, exit loop. It just won't have a new right. entrance loop. Correct. So they might freak out at first, 
right. realizing they that they're up. in there. And so you maybe need some signage there that says drive up to the gate. <laughs> Don't call 911. Uh, so we're looking forward to, to getting that done. And as I was going to say, you know, if people are looking to fish those later hours, uh, Mattapique Pier is open 24 hours. So they can, you know, still provide some sort of outdoor recreation there. Blue Heron Golf Course, they reseeded the uh, Bermuda Fairways and got a, a good coverage, about 90% coverage. Their golf league is getting ready to finish up. Um, they didn't have any COVID issues, which is a, uh, a positive. Um, one interesting thing is the supply issue for golf balls is backed up. Is that for the driving range? For the driving range. Okay. Um, Eric is having a tough balls. time getting any type of range balls coming in. So, you it's know. a Texas storm problem still. It's part of the sirloin or whatever they use, and it's part of that plastic. Same in PVC and all that. Same shortage they're having everywhere with it. Really? Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. And then the last thing on here is they've got a green renovation plan. Uh, they're trying to redo the greens one through nine, but obviously, like anything else, the prices have jacked up, so um, yeah. it's going to limit the number that they can actually do. The airport uh, completed their pre-design phase of uh, the runway for rehab and safety enhancement project. They're getting ready to move into the design phase um, with construction beginning in the spring of 2023. Um, they started the last phase of the wildlife fence. It should be completed in four weeks. And this was kind of put together about two weeks ago. They're, so they're about halfway in. Um, and they closed out the environmental assessment project, which is repeated every five years. Um, we use the DPW um, um, spray technician to uh, help out with some of the weeds along the fencing there to, to make the area look uh, okay. better. Uh, they're looking to contract with Corman to, to spray airily um, those areas that aren't um, easily accessible by the ground. Uh, again, you know, as we were talking about earlier, trying to control the Phragmites. The hangars have been uh, fully occupied and the boat show in Annapolis kept kept them busy as uh, people were um, flying in and getting you know extra fuel and going to the boat show. So they've done really well. Both uh, the airport and the golf course have benefited out of this, this past year. And that is us in a nutshell. There's still a lot more, but you know, trying to respect the, the time as, as best we well, can. So, so we tease you about how much you've been in front of us over the last couple of years uh, as far as budget items and requests and needs. And, and, you know, obviously one of the biggest concerns is that the public, in the court of public opinion, that they see uh, a huge difference in, in the product that we're putting out. And, and I have to tell you, you guys are killing it. Well, thank you. Well, Job we well a, done. We've got a good group of folks, and, you know, we're, you know, we know what we want to take care of, and we're trying to, to knock them out one at a time. And like I said, you know, we'll be coming here again before you next month um, with uh, hopefully two big projects. And, uh, you know, just continue yeah, I, to roll. We keep getting those calls. I don't know about my fellow commissioners, but I keep getting calls and emails about a dedicated area for pickleball. Yep. And, and I sent you all the articles and the stuff that's going on down in the Carolinas. And I mean, it's just an amazing push. I mean, leagues and tournaments and people traveling all over, you know, to play in these pickleball tournaments. And it's just it's tennis just players got to be getting worried. Me too. I hear the same thing. Yeah, more pickleball, yep. and and you know we're you know we're accommodating it you know by by sharing the use on the tennis court. Sure, but you know if we do build a uh, pickleball specific facility, you know 
it's, it's going to blow up. There, there's no doubt about it. Yeah. It's just about finding the right place and, you know, making sure that people will travel to wherever it is located. And, um, you know, I think it's just going to continually grow as the population continues to grow here and, you know, the, the, the sport as well. So. Yeah, it'd have to, again, it would have to be kind of a centrally located place where people would travel. It's obviously got to be big enough to accommodate the parking, you know, that you're going to have. But, you know, some of these facilities that they're building down south for pickleball, it's amazing. Like 24 court facilities. Oh, 24 and courts <laughs> and, I mean, a pavilion and snack sheds. I mean, it's, it's, big, it's big stuff. But anyway, good work. Well, thank you very much, and thank you guys for your support. We definitely appreciate it. Thanks, Steve. Thanks. Okay, that concludes the presentations for this evening. We can accept any additional press and or public comment, if there is any, on Zoom. or There is none. There is none tonight, so we can go to roundtable. Go table. straight to roundtable. Let's go with Commissioner Wilson. Which one? <laughs> Let's just see which smoke first. <laughs> which everyone spoke first. Bill did. <laughs> sure. Jack Wilson. Um, yeah, so I guess uh, we got a double dose of uh, legislative updates tonight, which I guess is good since that season's coming up, and obviously we're going to have the special session. Um, you know, we go through the budget. Um, we go through those periods as commissioners where we've got a lot of things going on all at one time. Um, obviously, public safety is always one of our biggest concerns in, in the budget time. Um, I think the legislative session is probably our other biggest concern because so many things are driven to us as state mandates that we have to deal with the outfall from. And I think it's important that we stay diligent and it's great to have Bruce and, and Mako on our side over there because obviously we are part-time commissioners, quote unquote, and, and we can't spend all that time, you know, keeping track of what's going on over there. And, you know, like I said, in the time I've been over there, I've seen a lot of legislation that could have really hurt Queen Anne's County that was able to be thwarted um, through efforts of, by us and by our, you know, legislative body and Bruce and, and Mako. So, um, again, it's, I, I, I think it's an election year, so I, I agree with both of them. I don't think it's going to be as crazy. It's been the last two years in terms of bills that are really not taking a, a, a long, hard look at the future. But I still think we're going to have some things we're going to have to deal with over there and stay uh, Stay diligent on because I this one with the uh, redistricting and like I said I, it, the maps available take a look at it um, basically they're going to chop the top end of Queen Anne's County off of what is our existing delegate it'll be a new delegation re representing the northern part of Queen Anne's County which is going to be an odd situation because Queen Anne's County has never really been split up in terms of how it's been represented in Annapolis um, so based on you know how that shakes out it could be differing views I mean it's which I guess is good but it could also be bad we don't you know We'll have to see how it shakes out, but that's all I, got. I guess under that in theory, we could have two delegates that live in Queens County. Correct. Yeah. Well, and so that's I guess that's the anomaly, and that's what kind of Wilbur was alluding to a little bit. So the way Caroline got split up is Caroline would never get a sniff in any delegate um, because they, you know they they'd be part the majority of one part of their uh, th uh, three head would be in Talbot, the other major would be in the <clears throat> what the northern Queen Anne's and all of Kent. So all of Kent, Kent already has a delegate, you know, so they're looking at, they'll never have another shot at a delegate ever again because they just won't have the population base to outweigh the right. other county. Yeah, that and, they and explain to and people that are, are, are watching, um, when it comes to 
um, electing our delegation, it's the top three vote getters from the from a House of Delegates uh, standpoint. And so, um, when Caroline County got Jeff Crest um, eight years ago, um, that you know that was a feather in their cap that they actually had someone who lived in that county that was representing them in the delegation. So, well, and because it's they be were competing against Cecil, who again has a much larger population than Carol. Or Caroline, but it, it you know it, the carryover between Queen and Queen Anne's typically has the largest population within that existing district. But now, you know, if you think about it, our our population, as much as everybody thinks nobody lives up in that area, there's quite a few people that live north of Churchill. So, and you're cutting it off there. That's there's quite a few people up there, more than you probably would think. Um, so, it'll have an effect even here on our uh, you know our elections here to some extent. Yep. So it's something to watch for. Um, I don't know if I'm stealing anybody else's thunder or, or commenting on something, but just a reminder to all our citizens that this weekend, this or the Sunday coming up, is Halloween, and it's the Bay Bridge Run Walk. And there's going to be well over 12,000 people. There's going to be bridge closures and things like that. Um, do we have a place on our county website, Bruce, where people can get information about the race and, and closures, Jim? We know. Good question. Yes, it's there on is. The yeah, it's on the website. Yeah. Yes, there is. Yeah. Okay. There is. Yeah. All right. If you're worried about when the bridge is going to be closed and when it's going to reopen and and what we'd be going on as far as traffic, I'd just keep that in mind. That's all I got. Press me tomorrow about that bridge thing too. And you guys will be there. Yeah, I'm gonna go and see if we learn anything new we need to put out. We'll put it, okay. Put it on the website too. I think that probably sets up that probably sets up on the website. Okay. Good, thank you. Commissioner Wilson. Wake up. Uh, let's see, last weekend it was uh, Sheriff Hoffman's open house, which a lot of people attend. It's always interesting, the public interest in the Sheriff's Department. Uh, two, I have probably never had more public attention and then I got in the last week about you guys saving the high school. That was, as far as the people of Centerville go, best thing that happened around these parts for a long, long time. I must have gotten 40 different people come up and compliment us on saving the building. So that was, that was if local politics is the stuff we're up to, that was one of the better things we've done. Three. Item three, hospitals are still terrible. Anna Rummel was on reroute 30, 40 hours. And reroute's horrible, means you can't go. I mean, this situation is not getting better and we're still walking in to middle of the winter and the flu season. So I guess a note to the citizens, hook up with PCPs and urgent cares because you're not going to want to hit the ERs unless you have to. So, Stevie, I'm noticing that since we talked about it last time. Um, so, our call volume has pretty much stayed the same. It's it's running. So, so yeah. I'm, I, I mean, I guess is it a uh, call volume outside of our area that is pushing these to reroute so much? No. What is it? Do you, oh, yeah, any no, idea? It's, it's staffing. It's it's not still the, a staffing it's issue. Not the, okay. the volume is running pretty average. That's why I say it all looks the same. Yeah, okay. we, we typically do about 70 or 75 transports a week, and everybody else is running steady. But the hospitals, half the beds are closed. Right, okay. Yeah. That's what I figured. All right. 
And then you got a unit sitting out of service waiting for a bed. Yeah, you I know, mean, like the whole infusion department was closed down at shore for, you know, you, you do stuff like that and then somebody else gets overloaded and right. the system is in a bad, bad state right now. So that's it from me. Um, short and sweet, I just want to thank the Sudlersville Senior Center for allowing us to come up there for the picking and grinning. Uh, that was uh, serving dinner. It was great. Uh, Jack was cutting the rug up there, so it was it was a good time by all. And uh, that's and I'll be at the Bay Bridge. I'll be uh, Sunday morning, taking off at 7 a.m. So looking forward to it. Uh, you going for an all-time personal best record? Oh, that's that's yes. That's called making it across. That's the you whole know, thing. You and oxygen. You and Mary Beth have spent a lot of time walking the cross island trails. Are you is that is that your training condition for Sundays? No, that's She's just got the Rocky music on. Yeah, oh yeah. On the trail. <laughs> that's exactly right. Yes. <laughs> All right. Um, I think everybody has covered everything, so I will entertain a motion to adjourn. So moved. Second. All in favor? Aye. 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 Aye.